0: Hello, and welcome to the VVolution podcast. Since starting in late 2016, VVolution has been creating inspiring events for the plant-powered generation. Each episode of this podcast will share with you stories and ideas told by plant-based thought leaders from the Vivolution stage. For more information on Vivolution and their upcoming program of international events, visit www.vevolution.co. Ellie Brown is the founder of Kinderco, an artisan plant-based dairy alternative business. Her products have been taking the London street food scene by storm. This is her story of how she created one of the UK's most exciting dairy alternative businesses. This was recorded at VeVolution Topics Food Innovation 2018.
1: Hi, everyone. OK, so I'm Ellie. As they said, I am also known as Kind State of Mind. I have a vegan food blog under that name. I also teach some cooking classes for Maiden Hackney. I run vegan supper clubs. And perhaps most importantly, I founded Kindaco. So we make delicious alternatives to dairy, just cheese at the moment. Some of you have already been to come and visit us. Um, can you everyone hear me? Yeah? I've got Lex in the back being like, Hold it closer. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I do this. So I want to start by saying, you know, I'm not here to give a talk about how to launch a successful business because quite honestly, I'm still figuring it all out for myself and I'm not qualified to give that talk. But what I can talk about is how a year ago I had an idea and now it's a reality. So... This is me three years ago, <laughs> and I don't know how many other people have felt this or heard this. It's a pretty well-toted saying, but um, cheese was a big deal. I was a vegetarian when I was seven, and when you're a veggie in the early 90s, you eat a lot of cheese. I remember being at school, and there was no vegetarian option, so I remember just getting handed a plastic cup of grated cheddar, and that was my main course. And <laughs> This kind of followed suit in the rest of my diet. I was raised on cheesy pasta and cheese on toast and jack of potatoes You know, you get the drift. Cheese was a big deal. So this kind of continued throughout the rest of my life into being an adult. I used to joke that cheese was one of my main food groups and would eat it pretty much all the time. So despite having this kind of part-compassionate life, I didn't want to eat animals but I just never thought I could go the full hog and be vegan. I didn't really know too much about it, but I kind of knew that that's where my ethics may lay, but it just wasn't really an option for me in my mind. Until one of my best friends went vegan, and then there was no avoiding it anymore. She was posting all this stuff and I just, although I didn't want to see it, I just kind of knew. So I started researching it and was horrified, of course, and said, right, well, I'm gonna try being vegan. I'm gonna do it for a month. Honestly, I didn't think I was going to carry on doing it, but I just wanted to appease my conscience. It sounds shameful, but true. And I just thought, if I can do it for a month, then I can say I tried, and then if I go back to eating milk, then, you know, I can say I did my best. But I didn't look back. I spent two weeks eating marmot and toast, and then realized there were other foods I could eat. (laughs) So... (laughs) then i started experimenting i've always loved cooking i started making all kinds of different foods and was just absolutely bowled over by the amount of things i could eat that i never thought i'd be able to touch being vegan and so i wanted to show everyone you know it's not all salad and judgment you can eat normal foods so i started a blog just to document what i was making <laughs> and well this is my instagram and you know, it just went from there. I started meeting people, started doing so much cooking, and I was all happy. But the one thing I never found a good replacement for was cheese. And, you know, I would always hunt out all these different brands. I would buy them. I'd get home and I'd say, right, this is going to be the one. This is going to taste great. I'm going to have cheese on toast. And we'd just always be disappointed and thought, there's got to be a better way. So I started making them myself. And, It went well, you know, they tasted good, and I fed it to all my Omni friends, you know, none of my friends at the time were vegan, and they all thought it tasted good too, so I continued experimenting, and, you know, it went, continued to go well, I started developing different recipes, I was still doing all my other food stuff as well on the site, so I was also doing my blog, and I, at the time, met Judy and Damien, and they said, you know, if you're interested in food, why don't you come along to one of our Evolution Topics events and come and, you know, get some feedback and ask people what they think of it. So I brought along a load of baked goods and some cheese and saw what everyone thought, and it was the cheese, really, that everyone thought was great. You know, the cakes and stuff were all right, too, I'm sure, but (laughs) the cheese was the stuff that everyone wanted to eat. So, and at the time, I was in a bit of a crossroads in my life. I Had a full-time job, and I'd just finished doing some training on the side in child psychotherapy, which is my background in psychology, and I kind of had to make the decision, am I going to do more training in the child psychotherapy route, or am I going to kind of pursue this food thing, which was a bit of an unknown entity. You know, everyone understands the path of child psychotherapists, but, you know, to tell people, oh, I'm just going to do my food blog instead, like, it doesn't really sound very, you know, convincing. But anyway, that's where my heart was. So I just said, look, I'll give it a year, if nothing comes of it, you know, I can always go down that other route. I won't be any worse off. And you know, I just had this kind of light bulb moment of thinking, you know, everyone loves the cheese. Why don't I just start a cheese business? You can do that. I had no idea what I was doing, but I thought I'd go for it. And little did I know what I was letting myself in for. So (laughs) this is the list of the basic things you have to do if you're starting a food company. This is a massively overwhelming thing if you have no idea what you're doing. And it's kind of just the minimum. So in a way, thank God I didn't know that this was ahead of me because otherwise I might have never done it. So anyway, I got on with it. I worked my way through and signed up to have a stall at VegFest London in October last year. Arguably one of the largest vegan fairs to do not being one to do anything by half measures. I remember a friend saying, oh, that's really bold. And I thought, yeah, um, or stupid. I don't know. (laughs) I was completely freaking out. I'd never, you know, everyone had tried it and said it was nice, but I'd never asked anyone to pay for it. And the thought of, you know, charging people, I thought, what if no one likes it? What if I'm just this crazy woman that stayed up all night making cheese, and no one's going to buy any, and I have to take it all home, and it's a big failure. And like, you know, I was massively going down a tunnel of uh, despair needless to say that didn't happen we sold out in four hours and Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and we've pretty much been selling out markets since it's just been absolutely overwhelming the <coughs> response of people you know everyone just seems to love the cheese everyone's really got on board and got behind the company we had a market or event every weekend from that moment which was just kind of insane, but it was just the demand was there, and so we just kept going. And, you know, some of the feedback I've had from people is just that, you know, they haven't found a cheese they liked and they love this one, and, or they feed it to their non-vegan friends and they like it too, or, you know, I had some people sneaking it into their Christmas cheese boards to trick their families and see if they'd eat it. <laughs> um, you know, and I had some family saying, you know, at Christmas, oh, everyone always gets the cheese board out and it's a part that we always miss out on. And now they can join in with that because they found a the cheese they like. So that's all amazing. It's been brilliant. and you know, what the market before Christmas, we sold out in two hours, and I had to take another 25 orders because I couldn't bear anyone not having cheese for Christmas. And you know, this year we're just looking to kind of grow and grow. So I actually have some pictures of our cheese. Here we are. Here's me pretending not to be cold in the market. <laughs> and some of the cheeses we make. I kind of wanted a replacement for every kind of cheese that you would normally get. So we do like a cranberry one, a feta, a nacho, a salmon. We have some of them to try if you want. So in case this is all sounding really dreamy and easy, (laughs) there are also some real hurdles I've had to overcome. I think this picture basically sums up how I feel about it. So. The first one is that it's really hard to do this kind of thing on your own. I still have a full-time job, so I fit all of this around my full-time job. And you know, it just takes over your life. You, you I've missed out on 30th birthdays, so many drinks with friends, and you know, I'm so grateful that the demand's there, but I'm only human, and sometimes on a Friday after work, I just want to go for cocktails. I don't want to be staying up all night making cheese and then standing in the cold rain for hours at the market. <laughs> so, that's kind of hard and, you know, when I took those extra 25 orders on at Christmas, that's great, but I was working 12-hour days and fitting the cheese around it. So it's been a slog. You know, a lot of my friends have got used to, if they want to spend time with me, they have to come around my house and help me package cheese. There's about six people in the room that's hard to do that, so thank you to all of you. Um, and, you know, it does just take a little bit of a toll on your, like, life in general, but I do think it's worth it. The other thing which I could have never foreseen was getting in trouble with the Dairy UK Limited. <laughs> so, I, um, so I trademarked the name. Some of you may know, we actually started called Kinda Cheese. but um, And I tried to trademark the name because I had a friend who kind of started trading under a business and had a real problem, so I thought, right, I need to do this. So I t- trademarked it, Kinda Cheese. And then started getting some threatening letters from Dairy UK Limited and unbeknownst to me, you're not allowed to use the words cheese, milk, butter, cream. They're protected under EU law to be solely designated for dairy products with a few exceptions of like coconut cream. So anyway, I got some very threatening letters saying, basically, you need to stop or we're going to come after you. And this was at a point I hadn't even sold any cheese yet. I hadn't even done anything. It was insane. But, you know, obviously quite intimidating. And I don't know much about this kind of area of law. But all my lawyer friends just said, change your name. Don't (laughs) Just don't fight it. So I did what I was told and just, you know, changed my name and... You know, actually now I can look at it with a perspective, and I much prefer Kind of Co, because if we want to, you know, dominate the world of vegan food, we can branch into anything now. And um, and it also resulted in a really nice bit of press for us, and the new statesman who kind of covered the story and made Dairy UK look silly and us look great. So, you know, all's well that ends well, but at the time I took it very personally. You know, it's people coming after my business. So... Things I've learned, it's okay to ask for help. I literally wouldn't be able to do my business if I didn't ask all my friends for help. Shout out to Alexis at the back who gives up all her free time to come and help me and gets nothing apart from my friendship. And some cheese, thank you. (laughs) So, you know, and I've had so many people just offer me help and you, you know, I'm very, I'm not proud. I'll accept any help. I know I'm not an expert. So, you know, come at me with your advice. Um, it doesn't matter if it all goes wrong. There's so many times I've wished I never started, and there are times when you think everyone else is doing these businesses, and they know what they're doing, and it all looks so easy, and that is not the truth, and I wish I'd known that sooner. I remember speak, going for lunch with Bex Walker, Bex Fast, I'm sure a lot of you know her, and just Feeling like I was doing it all wrong and she said to me she was like babe the amount of times I've been sat in the kitchen floor crying like don't worry this is normal and that's really good to know because it all looks very easy when you see people on Instagram. Uh, the why is more important than the what so I think this is really important and by this I just mean that you know my motivation is not to make the most delicious slice of cheese or to make money I wish <laughs> but um, it's more to do with just the intention behind it. So I truly believe that the way to make people, you know, really change their behavior is to make veganism as easy as possible. And if we can create a food product, especially cheese, which is so emotive for so many people, if we can make a really delicious alternative that isn't a poor man's cheddar that's just as good, why wouldn't you go for that choice and the person i'm always selling to is myself 3 years ago like what would have made me make a difference in my behavior and if someone had given me some delicious cheese that was vegan i would just say hey maybe i can be vegan and so like that that intention and that kind of thought of the power of you know making great options for people to make compassionate choices that's what drives me you know 4am when i'm making cheese in my kitchen it's not you know just to make it delicious, which obviously is important too. Anyway, finally, you're more capable than you imagine. I never thought I was going to be able to do all this stuff, especially standing here. This is terrifying for me, but the more you do scary things, the easier they become. And, you know, they always say great things happen when you're out of your comfort zone. And I truly believe that. I remember I was scared to even start a blog. But once you've done it and you know you tackle that scary thing, the next scary thing that comes along, yeah, you might freak out and have to ask for help but you know you'll get there because you've already done it and I think in life that's just so important that kind of self-belief so that's an important thing I've learned so anyway enough of me waffling on about cheese which is all I do um you may be thinking well this is all very well Ellie but you've got your idea now and I'd like to do something but I have no idea what to do So I thought I'd just say some of the things that helped me figure out, I didn't set out trying to start a vegan cheese company, it just kind of happened and I took the opportunity but like, this was not my plan. So, if you'd like an idea but you haven't got one, these are my tips. (laughs) Identify your interest, it could be anything, for me it was food, it could be ecotourism, sustainability, like the best vegan burger in London, anything. Number two, start something. Start a blog, start an Instagram. Start somewhere where you can put all your creative ideas. It doesn't. You don't have to show anyone if you're shy. You can just start something so that then you have a place to put all these things. And when you start being creative, it really helps open your mind to opportunities. Meet some people. Come to events. You're in the right place. I wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't met everyone. I met Lex at Vvolution last year. And I met so many people. I didn't know any vegans three years ago. And now... I'm friends with more than I know what to do, with. so, you know, just go meet people, tell them what you're about, be curious about other people, you know, and say what you're interested in, and then they'll think of you if something like that comes up. These connections are so amazing. Get some experience, volunteer with someone, offer your time, ask to take someone out for a coffee. That's what I did with Bex, I said, let me put your brains. She said, sure, you know, just get out there and do some stuff. And lastly, just pay attention. And I mean this in terms of to your instinct and to feedback. So if I would have let my brain rule, I'd probably be doing child psychotherapy right now and I wouldn't be making vegan cheese. But my gut really said to go with the food. And sometimes our intuition is super quiet and you really have to listen to it. But it will always lead you in the right place. And also, you know, if I hadn't listened to people's feedback, I might be doing baking right now and not cheese. But everyone said the cheese was good. So I listened to what they said. So... Those are my tips. (laughs) So we're kind of co. We have some cheese at the back there. Some of you have already come to see us. Thank you so much. We're at Hackney Downs this weekend. You can find us on, that's our blog and our Instagram. And that's everything. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
0: Can you believe she said, "Oh, I'm too shy to do." It. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm
0: shaking. <laughs> it's amazing. It's great to hear that story. Um, so we're going to do q and A Q&A now. So if you've got some questions for Ellie, pop up your hand, and uh, we'll run over the microphone to you. It's oh, got to be someone. Here. I was so thorough. <laughs> Um, <laughs> would you uh, approach companies, or have you yet, like, like really top cheese places, like, Orsofages or sausages, or Harrods, or like that?
1: Um, yes. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I'm kind of in the process of trying to find stockers, because we're so small at the moment, it's kind of hard, but I definitely... You know, my dream is to have it in Waitrose. I want it to be as widely available as possible. So, I was actually talking to someone else about this, and I'm going to try. That's the goal for this year to try and get it in some shops, so it's more available. Yeah.
0: Any more questions, Lana over there in the middle? Got to learn my (laughs) name.
1: Hi. Uh, Were there any people who told you not to do it and that you were, you know, being silly? And what did you do about those kind of reactions? Um, You know, I'm blessed with a lot of very supportive friends and family. I must admit there have been a few occasions at my dad's 70th where kind of everyone said, oh, you know, Eleanor's making vegan cheese now. And there was kind of a few family members being like, oh, what? (laughs) But, um, But no one tried to discourage me from it. I think also the fact that I haven't quit my job, you know, if I'd have thrown in my job and everything to run off and make vegan cheese maybe there would have been questions but I live in London I can't afford to not have a job so and the cheese isn't going to support me in gin and tonics for a while so you know I had to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> one
0: more question? Yeah you can do one or two more. Yes. No i can't be that microphone you going to have to wait. <laughs> Um, it's quite a broad question.
1: Um, do you think we'll get to a, a point where people, people will be able to be kind of affordable for the sort of masses? Because I think mm. it was interesting you saying about what is being waitrose or I think you said harrods or somewhere else. And I think one of the things I always am um, interested in is mm. you know sometimes being vegan or being raw. It's like how do we get our message out to a wider demographics? yeah i mean this is something i actually really struggle with in terms of pricing my product because you know i want it to be affordable i don't want it to be the sole preserve of very wealthy people that live in kensington you know but i also need to make enough money to make it worthwhile for me to keep doing it and i use nuts which are a really expensive raw ingredient and so i think the more the more you know competition drives the market which drives prices down so i think the more people are doing it the more competition there is the more incentive there will be to kind of make it more affordable. And also, you know, I'm very small at the moment, but once you grow as a company, you get economies of scale in terms of everything you buy. So everything does get a bit cheaper. And, you know, I, I completely agree. And I think that too. And I think price is often a very off-putting thing with these products. But, you know, you've got to make a bit of profit. Otherwise, the business is going to go under. So it's So, yeah, I think it's tricky. But I think it's going to get easier and better. I think things like plant-based milks... 10 years ago were much more expensive a niche, and now most supermarkets do their own brand and stuff, so I think it's going to get easier and cheaper, hopefully. <laughs> okay. I think we can do
0: one more. Cash is there, so... No, we're going to we're gonna have to get on that. <laughs> okay. um, I just wanted to say that you're extremely
1: inspiring, and <laughs> I really admire you for still keeping up with your full-time job. <laughs> that's absolutely incredible. What are you doing? Um, and I was, wanted to ask you, I was wondering, where do you make all of your cheese at the moment? <laughs> I make them all in my flat, in Angel. <laughs> so I wish I had my own separate kitchen, but the overheads are so huge that I just make them all in my flat. I have an enormous fridge in my living room called Bertha, and um, <laughs> that's where I keep all my cheese. So it's not the most, you know, slick operation, but it needs must. And one day I dream of quitting my job and having a kitchen of my own and just doing the cheese but you know for now that's the situation
0: you do it <laughs> thanks you can do one more one more okay. yeah, one, one more well, there yeah oh. um, as somebody who's trying to start
1: a vegan food business herself I was just wondering how did you figure out like the order of operations so to speak like how to find the ingredient supplier or where to open a business bank account or do you need a certain amount of traction on social media and online before you launch the product or go to the food market stalls? How did you... I mean, I have no idea. I just kind of did it. <laughs> there, was, there was no plan. I just kind of did the least appealing thing last. <laughs> and, um, you know... I wish I could say, yeah, I had a really great 10 point plan, but I literally just kind of winged it as I went. I mean, I did, I had, I already had my kind set of mind, Instagram and stuff, so I had a bit of experience with the whole social media thing, like of that whole long list I showed, the taking product pictures was like the one thing I could do. So, you know, I don't really know (laughs) is the answer. I would just get on with it. You know, I just Googled everything, Googled where to start a business bank account, Googled where to find nut supplies. Again, that's another thing. I found my nut supplier because I was chatting to someone about cheese, and she was a pastry chef, and she said, I know a guy, you know, talking to people. But I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. I think you just kind of do things and learn as you go, and then sometimes, you know, things get easier. But if you need any help, then send me an email, and I'll help you out. <laughs> I'm do
0: one more. OK. <laughs> You're too popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In your placement. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, so I know you mentioned that you focus on the why and the what, and that mm-hmm. you're not necessarily trying to make money out of it. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned that you have to keep your full-time job, and your dream is to dedicate to this. So. Have you, like, considered, and if you have or you haven't, why not, uh, reach out to, like, angels or VCs or investors or tokenizers or find ways to take this to the next level? Okay. So, like, try to do it, like, full-time. Yeah, I mean that is kind of something I've been looking into. I get the thing is we've only been trading since October, so I'm trying to build up a bit more of a kind of long, you know, reputation and show some history of doing well rather than just kind of three months of trading and whatever. So it is something I'm going to look into, but um, I just we're so new that it's kind of I feel like we don't really have much to present to people yet, apart from kind of our very short run of success. So. I am I am considering it, but it's just it feels a bit premature just yet. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. I think you give her a massive round of applause. Thanks for listening to this episode of the VVolution Podcast. If you enjoyed this talk, please leave us a favorable review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we've got a new training event we want to tell you about called the Plant-Based Business Bootcamp. Taking place in London on the 14th of July, the Plant-Based Business Bootcamp is an intensive, skills-based training day featuring some of the UK's leading ethical entrepreneurs. If you want to start a plant-based business or are in the first two years of running one, this is the event for you places are already selling quickly and are extremely limited for this exclusive training event visit www.vevolution.co forward slash business to learn whether you are eligible to attend and secure your spot until the next time take care and we'll look forward to seeing you soon